Let's open our Bibles, 1 John chapter 2, pick it up where we left off. We, uh, we talked last time about what John was saying about the fact that when it comes to sin, he says it's better not to. It's always better not to. But if you do, we have someone who steps up and represents us before the Father, kind of an attorney to, to present our case. Well, we, have no, we, we know that we have no case, but uh, he actually goes up and pays the price for us. But... But he says, my dear children, you know, it's just, it's better not to sin. You know, I, I write these things so that you will not sin, he says in verse 1 of chapter 2. And it, it's definitely better not to, you know, there's no consequences. We went through this, but I want to mention this again. No shame, no regrets, no repentance needed, no breaking of fellowship. You know, these all the things that happen. Yeah, we, we can recover and we will recover and God helps us recover. But some of that stuff go, goes on for a long time. Some of the consequences go on for a long time. I was talking with someone afterward about King David. You know, uh, he was completely forgiven, and I used him as an example. But, uh, but what? But the consequences in, in his life went on the rest of his life. So it's way better not to. So you and I need to be on our toes and, and uh, you know, following after God, following hard after God, though, uh, though we know that uh, he knows us, and he knows that we're made of dust, and, and yet he's going to represent us, and, and uh, he, he, he paid the price for our sins, what it says there in the end of verse 2, that Jesus is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not for ours only, not for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world, not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. I'll get it right one of these days. So he paid the price. Now today, I, I kind of want to move in for this idea from the idea of the fact he paid the price for our sins, but not only for ours, but the sins of the whole world. That's a picture. Now that doesn't mean that the whole world is saved, right? It doesn't mean that the whole world is going to heaven. I hate to say it, but that's what the Bible declares. And we, we, need, to, we need to stand on the truth of what God's word says, right? So let me ask you today, though, uh, who do you know? Because here in Rhode Island, right, isn't that what matters? Is that true? It's who you know. That's what makes it, I mean, you know, I know a guy. And if you really need that, I, I know a guy that can uh, get that for you. That's what it is. That's I hear, I hear this on the radio, like guys, you know, talk radio, they're talking about this stuff, and, and it's just kind of the way it is here today. Now, John is saying the same thing today, but he doesn't use the accent. He's actually speaking in Greek or Hebrew, you know, when he's speaking to people. But, but really, it's about knowing somebody, it's, but it's about knowing Jesus, and that's what separates those who have their sins paid for and those whose sins are not paid for, though Jesus' death in its, you know, coverage can cover all. So what I, what I want to talk about today, because this is so, so important. Do we really know him? Do we really know him? That's a question I want to ask, because it's, it's, it's about who you know. It's all about who you know. And if you, we talk about Jesus Christ, do you really know him? 
That word know is the, the Greek word gnosko, which means to know by experience. To know by experience. Well, we're going to talk, keep that in mind, that Greek word gnosko. We're going to come back to that in a, in a few minutes. But it's, it's not knowing knowledge or information, not knowing about Jesus. It's knowing him by experience. Like, you know somebody. You know, I know about a lot of people, but there's only a certain number, number of people that I actually truly know. Like, I know most of you people. We have visitors today. I don't really know you. I know maybe something about you. I found out a few things there. I'm not even going to say what it is because it's so cool. <laughs> but but uh, I know about you, but, but I don't really know you. But, but through time and, and spending you know, time together, we get to know one another. And, and this is what G, uh, John is talking about here. He says that, that uh, we need to really know. And he answers the question, how do you know if you know him? Okay, that's the question that he's going to answer. Let's read together verses 3 through 6. He says, we know, he uses that word a lot, we know that we have come to know him if we obey his commands. The man who says, I know him, but does not do what he commands is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But if anyone obeys his word, God's love or love for God or love of God is truly made complete in him. This is how we know that we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must walk, how? As Jesus, as Jesus did. So he, he, he starts this talking about how do you know that you know? I remember saying that when, when I was just a brand new believer, I'd hear people say, you know, you know that you know that you know. There's something that you know inside of you that you really are his, that you belong to him, that you have a relationship with him. There's something that you know that you know you, that you know. Knowing him by experience. You know, people say, and I've heard people say this, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm on good terms with the man upstairs. Now, does that sound like a, a relationship? That's like, well, I don't know where that is. You, you, somebody told you that? <laughs> Notice he says here, he says here in verse 3, we, we know that we have come to know him. So it's like this, this uh, process that, 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 that takes place. I've heard people also saying, and, and you maybe have heard people say this, I've always known him. Like, from the womb, I've known him. Like, I've, I've just always known him. I can't remember when I haven't known him. Well, you know, at some point in time, though, there was a, there was a, a, a relationship that began to be built. Now, I, I'm not saying you can't get to know Jesus as a young child, because I believe you truly can. But it's not something that, you know, you get from birth. This verse, uh, why is this so important, what I'm talking about today? Because of this verse, Jesus said it right here. And this is eternal life. What? That they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. This is, this is eternal life. This is, like I said, what separates one from the other. By, by knowing God, by knowing Jesus Christ, by knowing him. 
That's how we, that's how we get in. So do you know him? How do you know? How do you know if you know him or not? How do you know that you know that you know? I think, I think uh, what he's talking about here in, in, in this verse 3 says, we know him, we know that we have come to know him if, there's that word, if, what? We obey his commands. If we follow him, if we do what he says, and does that mean we have to be perfect? When, when I reach perfection, that means that I truly know God? No, because we've already seen that in the last section of, of chapter 1, that we're not going to be perfect. And he understands that, and he, and he wants us to bring uh, you know, our faults and failures and, and bring them to him and confess, and it says he, will, he is faithful and just, he will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So it's not perfection, but it's, it's something about the, that, that happens in our lives. And I want to say this, I was thinking about this in, in the middle of the night, and really what it is is changed lives. That my life is changed, and I'm heading in a brand new direction that I wasn't heading in before. And that direction is a direction of following his commands, following what he has asked us to do, following his way. If I am, you know, off doing my own thing and I don't have a thought in the world, I could say, I know him, I know him, I know him, but I'm out doing this and that. It doesn't, it's not true. He says, if you do that, he says, you're a liar. That's a strong word. I don't like that word. But that's what, that's what John says here. Matthew Henry from the 1700s, I, I love this guy. Uh, I look forward to meeting him someday. But he said this. He's talking about the knowledge of God, knowing God. That's what he says, the knowledge of God. But what knowledge of God, knowing God, can that be? Which sees not that he is most worthy of the most entire and intense obedience. You see what he's saying here? That if you, you and I really know God, we really know him, we're going to do whatever he says. Because we know who he is. Because we love him. Because we want to serve him. We have, we, we're going to give him the most entire and intense obedience. If you just sort of know somebody a little bit, you're not going to do much for them. But somebody you really, really, really know and love? I mentioned this word gnosko. And, and there were, back in John's day, there was a group of false teachers right? Anybody know what they were called? The Gnostics, which is another form of the same word of Gnosko. In other words, they claimed to have uh, special knowledge. Special knowledge. We have the knowledge, and, and, and if you really, and I've heard this before even, you know, even now uh, from time to time, you know, to, if you really want to, you know, be Save, you need to be a part of our group because we have, they don't call it the secret knowledge, but we have the, you know, the market on how this all goes. That's what they were doing back then. They, they had this knowledge. They had this secret knowledge. They, they would say, we know, we know, we know. But those people, they set aside obedience. We got the knowledge, but it doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter that your life isn't changed. It doesn't matter how you live. You see, notice he says here that, that these are commands. 
Now you can, you know, you can try to retranslate and, and make things, you know, any way you want to, but commands are commands. That means they're not optional. And if he tells us how we're supposed to live, that doesn't mean we say, well, let me think about that. I'll get back to you. It's not, it's not an option. It's not a suggestion. Well, you know, if you want to live your best life now, uh, you should maybe do this. That's not the way it is. If we really, really know him, if we really, really love him, we're going to do. And Jesus said, if you, if you love me, what? You will do what I command. You'll keep my commands. If we really love him, if we really know him, we're going to follow his word. We're going to do what his word says to do. That, that's the way it is, people. I can't tell you anything different. If I did, I would be a liar. And I would be misleading you. John, he says, my dear children, I'm writing these things to you. I care about you. I want you to follow the right way. That's what he says in verse 4. The man who says, I know him, but doesn't do what he commands. He says he's a liar. Truth is so, so important to John, but it's also important to Jesus, isn't it? He is the way, the truth, and the life. So I think, you know, I, I'm talking about changed lives, but, I'm, but, but this phrase also is not just talk, but walk. It's not just we talk about being a Christian. I talk about knowing Jesus. I talk about it. But what's my walk? That means the word walk means your life. What, what is your life? What do people see there? What do you see there? You know, Jesus said these words. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? Lord means master, means the one in charge, means the one over me, and, and we, we can call him Lord, Lord, and, and he wasn't saying that in a very nice way, I have to tell you, because he was talking to people that really were not. And, and Paul talks about it in Titus, you know, this group of people, it says they were mere talkers. Verse 16, they claim to know God, but by their actions, what? They deny him. They claim to know. So we can make all the claims in the world, but, but if our actions don't add up, if, we don't, if they don't go together, what, what good is it? It's not true, you see. Chapter 1, he, he, he uses that phrase three times. He says, if we claim to have fellowship with him, yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live by the truth. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves. We're lying to ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar. We're calling him a liar now, and his word has no place in our lives. It's not just what we claim. Oh, yeah, I, I'm on good terms with the man upstairs. Really? But you're living like the world. I remember, and this, this, this illustration doesn't fit so well today in our insane society, but I remember a guy at work, I, I was at this job working, and he, and he was telling me, you know what? And this, this guy was, an, uh, he was a definite unbeliever, and he knew I was a believer, but he said he, said he was at a party, and, and, and uh, he was a, this guy was a friend of mine. He said he was at a party, and, and he was talking to some guy, and the guy said, oh, yeah, I'm a Christian. I'm a totally a Christian. And then he's just, you know, smoking the pot and drinking and just getting blasted. 
And, and, the, and this, this friend of mine who I work with, he could see behind all that. He knew it was like not true. Don't tell me that when, look at you. People see that, you know. Look at verse 5. We've got to keep moving on here. We're going to run out of time. But if anyone obeys his word, he says, we know we have come to know him if we obey his commands. Verse 5, but if anyone obeys his word, if we do obey the commands, look what it says. It says, God's love is truly made complete. The love of God, some versions say, and, and really it, it, it really can be both. It can be either the love of God or love for God. It can be God's love or it can be our love for God. Really, it, it can truly be uh, either one. The love of God or God's love, I want you to turn uh, to chapter... Um, no. I'm going to read this to you. That's a different one. We're going to get there in a minute. John chapter 14, though, speaking about God's love. And really, in this verse, it really has both. Listen carefully. The love for God and God's love for us. Jesus said, whoever has my commands, there's that word again, and obeys them. Whoever has my commands and obeys them. This is what Jesus said. He is the one who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love him and show myself to him. Isn't that beautiful? If we truly love him, we're following, we're we're doing what he says, we're obeying his word. He, He says, I, my Father and I will love him and come and show myself to him as well. Two verses later, he says, if anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching. My father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. Isn't that sweet? He, he's going to show his love to us, but he's also going to make his home with us. So God's love, our love for him and, and, and God's love for us, these things, they work together. And, and it says that the love of God, love for God is truly made complete, perfected. And those of us that are seeking to follow after God's word, not perfection, but we're seeking, our lives are changing. We want to follow him. We want to do what he says. That's what my heart is. He says, this is how we know. This is how we know that we are in him. Verse 6, whoever claims, there's that word again. John talks about these things a lot. Whoever claims to live in him must walk as Jesus did. So it's, you know, it's not a, uh, It's not just a talk, but it's a walk. And Jesus is our example. Peter talks about it in 1 Peter chapter 2. Let me read it to you. He says, to this you were called. This is, you know, you want to know what your calling is? What's my, I don't know what my calling is. (laughs) To this you were called because Christ suffered you suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. That's what his calling is for you and I, that we should follow in his steps. He's he's given us as an example. How many of you heard that phrase, WWJD? What would Jesus do? You know, you got the little bracelet things, right? 
what would Jesus do? That was, you know, I was just reading about it, you know, that became, and I've seen it and heard it for many, many years, but it became very popular in the 1990s. But, but where it really came from, and even came before this, actually, but, but back in, uh, like, 1896, there was a guy named Charles Sheldon. He wrote a book called In His Steps. How many of you have read that book? Quite a few have read that book. And, and it, it's, I looked for it. I, I know I have it somewhere. I couldn't find it uh, in my uh, bookshelves here. I probably have it at home. But uh, this book really is, is, is what that is all about. And they asked the question, and, and a number of different people from different walks of life, they, you know, before they did anything or not did anything, they asked, what would Jesus do? What, 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 what's Jesus' direction in this? It's interesting. They sold, it's one of the best-selling books of, of Christian books of all time, sold like 50 million copies of that book. But... I don't know if I see that happening much today in our world. What would Jesus do? Now I want you to turn to chapter 3. We're going to look at a few other verses as we wrap this up. 1 John chapter 3, verse 24. Those who obey His commands live in Him. And He in them. And this is how we know. That's a big thing to John, isn't it? This is how we know. This is how we know that He lives in us. We know it by the Spirit He gave us. So there's a whole other facet here. You know, we, we talk, and I've been talking about obeying Him and do what He says, but He doesn't just leave us on our own to do that. You see, He gives us His Holy Spirit to help us do that. He gives us the help that, that we need. We know it. How? By the Holy Spirit that He gave us. How about chapter 3, verse 18 and 19? Dear children, this is the last hour. Oh, that's chapter 2. Chapter 3, verse 18 and 19. Dear children, let us not love with words or tongue, but with actions and in truth. This, then, is how we know that we belong to the truth and how we set our hearts at rest in His presence. How? By loving with action and in truth. Not just words. Not just saying it. Oh, I love you. Say that you know, to some, you know, your, your spouse. Oh, I really love you. And then you do all these stupid, mean things. Really? He's given us the Holy Spirit. The prophet Ezekiel he, uh, I debated whether I should read these verses to you, but I'm going to do it anyways. Now that I've uh, got your curiosity up, you'll see why. But the Lord spoke to him, and, and he said this, As for you, son of man, your countrymen are talking together about you by the walls. And at the doors of the houses, they saying to each other, Come and hear the message that has come from the Lord. And the Lord said to Ezekiel, My people come to you as they usually do, and they sit before you to listen to your words, but they do not put them into practice. With their mouths they express devotion, but their hearts are greedy for unjust gain. 
Indeed, to them you are nothing more than one who sings love songs with a beautiful voice and plays an instrument well. For they hear your words, but do not put them into practice. See why I was hesitant about reading that? It's not about me. But if we come to a place like this and we hear the words, oh, that was a great message, but we never put it into practice, you know? I, you know, I, I, I do my best to study God's word and to bring a message from the Lord, like uh, he said, come and hear the message that has come from the Lord. I, 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 you know, I'm not perfect. I just try to bring what, what God's word has, has to say. And, and, and so, but, but that's not the end of it. Just me preaching a message, it's really about us putting it into practice. And I have to apply this to myself first before I ever give it to anybody else. They come and they hear the words, but they don't put them into practice. What did James say, the brother of Jesus? Faith without action, faith without works is dead. It's not alive. We go on to say, though, I can't do it. I just can't follow. I can't put it into practice. It's too hard in this world and too hard in my life. Look down at chapter 5, verse 3. 1 John chapter 5, verse 3. This is love for God, to obey His commands. We've seen it. We've, I've said it over and over. But look what, look what John says. His commands and His commands are not what? Burdensome. They're not way beyond us. This is what love for God is, to obey His commands. And His commands are not burdensome, for everyone born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. See, God is, is going to help us every step of the way. He said in chapter 3, these are his commands to believe, to trust in the, in the name of Jesus Christ, his son, and to love one another. We're going to see that in the next section here. That's what he's calling us to do, to trust him and to love. Those are the two first main things. Of course, there's a lot of other stuff, but John really focuses on loving, uh, on loving one another. Trusting, believing in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and to love one another, 1 John 3, 23. Ezekiel, back in Ezekiel 36, he said, I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. You see, he's going to help us every step of the way. He doesn't say just do your best. He says, no, I'm going to help you. I'm going to give you my spirit, the spirit of God living within you. I like, I read this in Psalm 119. He says, I get this, listen carefully. He says, I run in the path of your commands for you have set my heart free. You see, there's freedom in running in his commands. It's not burdensome. It's not, oh, I got to do what God tells me to do. No, there's freedom in it. I run in the path of your commands, for you have set my heart free. So, back to the beginning. It is in who you know, by the way. Rhode Islanders can be right about some things. I forgot, you got to pronounce it Rhode Islanders, right? Rhode Island. Rhode Island. Those of you that aren't from here... Work on it. 
But something Paul said, I never forget this, that there was something that was greater than anything else in all of the world and all of life. Greater, better. You know what that is? What did Paul say? Philippians chapter 3 said this. I consider everything a loss in comparison compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. It is in who you know. But he says, you know what? There is nothing, there is nothing that compares to it. That not that all everything else is bad, but in comparison, there's nothing that compares to knowing Jesus. It's the greatest thing in all the world. He says everything else is just a loss in comparison. It's, it's rubbish in comparison. So it is, it is in who you know. But not just knowing anyone. It's knowing Jesus Christ, my Lord. Let's pray together, shall we? Our gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you that you sent your Son, Jesus. And he came that we might have eternal life, but he, 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 brought it, he brought it in a relationship. It came in a relationship, knowing him and knowing you as, as our Father, that our sins are all forgiven and cleansed and we're washed. That we could know you, the, the one true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. How do we know? How do we know that we know? Because our lives are changed. We're, we're turned around. Lord, I, I want to follow you. I want to I run in the path of your commands, for you have set my heart free. Father, I pray for any maybe that are struggling here today. Maybe they're thinking, well, I don't know if I, I know. Well, I pray for them. I pray that you would anoint them and, and, and hear the cries of their heart. And may your spirit fall upon them, even now, right now, to give them the power to, to follow you, to obey, to, to live that life that you've called us to live. And maybe, Jesus, there's some here that, or some listening that, that never have surrendered, never have opened their hearts and lives to you, Jesus. Today is a good day to build our lives, to, to find eternal life in the name of, of Jesus Christ. And you can simply pray. The word is near you. It's right in your mouth to simply pray and call on the name of Jesus. Say, Jesus, I call on you. Save me, rescue me today, here. In Jesus' name, amen.